Hey there, welcome to the Rainbow Raft, where everyone is welcome, including the stowaways. My name is Teddy, and today we're joined by Dansho. Say hi, Dansho. Hello! Uh, we're going to be going through some mental health misconceptions, uh, some general LGBT mental health stuff, and some personal experiences. So, uh, we're going to start off with some misconception misconceptions. Uh, yeah. That's my brain having a problem right there. Anyways, we're going to start off with those. Um, one of the ones that I really dislike, as someone who has OCD, um, one of the things that I really f just get really fucking annoyed about is the fact that people think that OCD actually stands for Obsessive Cleaning Disorder. Now, um, if anybody ever gets the chance to see a picture of me in my bedroom or just a picture of my bedroom in general, um, I can promise you that A, it's not clean, B, it's certainly not fucking tidy, and C, it's most likely a show on hoarders. Um, if I'm ever on any TV show, I feel like it's probably going to be a TV show for hoarders to like shame them and get them help, maybe? Because fuck, I really need help. I've got two bedrooms full of shit. Um, and I know it's shit, but I really want to keep it. And that's my problem. But it's not about cleaning. It's about routine. It's about ritual. It's about habits. It's a fucking nightmare. Um, I hate it. <laughs> it really fucks me off. But there we go. Dan, what is one of your misconceptions that really fucks you off? Where do I start? <laughs> is yeah. the question with that one. Yep. Um, I mean, because the thing that you said about OCD being called obsessive cleaning disorder, that really annoys me as well. Because it's compulsive, not cleaning, compulsive. Yep. Oh, I've got to be Core things what they are. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, that really gets my goat as well. <laughs> um, right. I think one of the because for me, there's a lot of them that follow the two kind of things. There's ones relating to autism and ones relating to schizophrenia. Um, so I'll go with the second one first because I know the first one can be quite triggering for you because I might get you on your soapbox. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> there's only room for one person on the box at a time. Yep. Uh, <laughs> now, I'm going to preface this with... The fact that in my family, schizophrenia is quite prevalent. It runs in my family. That's where a lot of my knowledge comes from. And a lot of my experiences and opinions on why the health service sucks ass come from my family's experiences. Yeah. So, with that out of the way, as my disclaimer, here's the one thing that really, really, really underlined five times gets on my nerves. Not every schizophrenic hears voices. It's a misconception because whenever you see a schizophrenic in fiction, they're always somebody that suffers from auditory hallucinations and they're always somebody suffering from command voices. Yeah. Whereas not everybody has the auditory hallucinations, not every sufferer of auditory hallucinations has command voices. It's a very common misconception, it's very irritating and it's very distressing for those who have the condition who don't have those symptoms. Because it prevents them getting help, prevents them getting taken seriously and then they end up just suffering and floundering. Yeah. And that is exactly what's happened to a member of my family. Um, and the fact 
that we obviously we know um, some of the symptoms of schizophrenia, but that it's not the only the symptoms. It's not the only one. So, um, like, if anybody wants to write fiction with a schizophrenic in it, maybe don't have them constantly being a paranoid schizophrenic for the simple reason of it's not the only type of schizophrenia. Um, there should be a lot more awareness and a lot, a lot more light on the other types um, of schizophrenia. Just like there should be uh, more light on every other type of uh, mental health issue, um, including obviously OCD. It shouldn't just be cleaning, it should be everything else as well. But they're not going to listen to me. They might listen to you though, Dan, because, you know you are um, when you want to be very intimidating and it's very amusing to watch because <laughs> of how short I am yeah. <laughs> it's like a chihuahua having a go at someone but the chihuahua magically turns into a fucking rottweiler it's like da 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 ruff ruff ah! yeah! that's you by the way a, that's if, you. If, I, if I was a dog I would be a corgi cross of a rottweiler yes <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, have you actually seen a corgi cross with a Rottweiler? They're adorable! Oh my god! I've seen I've seen a corgi crossed with a Doberman and a corgi cross with an Alsatian. It just looks like a miniature Alsatian. That's exactly <laughs> all it is, because for some reason the corgi gene um, requires them to always have the body of a corgi. So then you basically just get a bodied corgi with the head of whatever fucking creature you blended it with. And I'm really curious to know what would happen if we put a gargoyle with a corgi. Someone needs to draw it. Because it's not going to happen in real life because gargoyles don't exist. But... Uh, I can't draw the same in my life. <laughs> Neither can I, which is the problem. We need to find an artist that is willing to go with our shit. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, another misconception that we both have that we get very annoyed of so for the people out there um specifically for me i don't like it when people say that autism is a mental health disorder it is classed as a learning disorder from what i know um as someone who does have autism um i don't think that it's the main factor of my my mental health issues um yeah it stops me from being able to have like certain emotional connections um, and I do have a bit of a problem with that, which is why I am a bl blunt fucker. Um, but it's not a main problem. I think one of the things that I feel would cause it to be in the mental health problems area is when people decide to make it a problem. Because um, most of the time we end up with it anxiety and depression because of it so don't make it a problem and it won't be one is all I'm gonna fucking say um, and then obviously with severe autism um, it's still more of a learning disorder than it is a mental health issue um, so yeah that's that's how I look at it, uh, look upon it but I know some people agree, uh, disagree that's fine but yeah, it's just annoying, um, especially when people say that it's a fucking disease, and it's just like, it doesn't pass between people. You keep it for life, and it is genetic. 
If you have autism, there's a possibility of passing it on to your kids. If you're autistic and you have a twin, it's 75% more likely for them to also have autism. It's fine. It's not that big of a fucking deal. And if you're really worried about fucking vaccinations, just don't have kids. Honest to God. Like, I don't understand what's so bad about having autism that you'd be willing to risk your child's life to not give them something that would prevent them to go through fucking hell. So all I'm gonna say, gonna step up the soap, uh, step off the soapbox, um, and I'm gonna go straight into some uh, sweet, sweet LGBT plus GRSVP mental health. So, right, deep breath. Would you like to uh, go ahead with this one, Dan? to kick something. I don't know what I'd be kicking, but it feels like a bucket right now. This, not kick the proverbial, is a bit drastic. Well, well, I wasn't actually pointing it out that way. I was actually thinking about kicking over a bucket of water, but um, I've got one of those. But yeah, completely <laughs> forgot Sorry. about kicking the bucket <laughs> being death. Uh, yeah, me and my gallows humour. <laughs> I should remember that one more often because it's the one that everybody tells me when like a relative's died they're just like I'm really sorry they've kicked the bucket and I'm just like what bucket where Why? what have they spilled <laughs> oh Does no kill you? water's everywhere fluffy coping mechanism <laughs> it's fucking terrible so terrible anyway talk about being blunt anyway so um, LGBT plus GRSVP mental health or personal experience. And my mind just went blank. <laughs> I do that a lot, don't worry. I've got some statistics in my brain. So there's 47% of um, trans folk that have attempted suicide at least once. Um, why did I come off with that one when we've just been speaking about kicking the bucket? Hello, Shimmer. <sighs> right. Um, so that's that. Um... It's, I think it's about 83% more likely for someone in the LGBT community or GRSVP community to have a mental health issue at some point in their life due to their sexuality or gender identity being discriminated against. I need to remember where I got these statistics from. Pretty certain it was Stonewall. Pretty certain it was yeah, Stonewall. I think it might be Stonewall. They sound familiar, the yeah, same statistic. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, but we can always double check and I put a pop to Yes. And the thing is, because we do these weekly anyways, um, if necessary, I can always correct them the following week. <laughs> you know, just put like a little citation out. It's like, hi, just let you know, in the past episode, yeah, this was wrong, this is right, bye-bye. Um, but yeah, that's just credibility. I'm pretty certain it was Stonewall UK that came up with those figures um, after doing a survey on LGB and T um, people within the UK, including non-binary folk and people on the ace spectrums, which is aromantic and asexual, because they actually use ace as both, uh, which I suppose sort of works. But yeah, so I'm pretty certain that's where those figures came from. I will double check. If they're wrong, I will let you know. Um, but yeah, quite a lot of the uh, GRSVP community does have a lot of uh, mental health problems or mental health issues, and they do go through those. And to be fair, when you are discriminated against so openly and so 
frequently it's not entirely wrong um, for example homelessness I believe it's about 25% of homelessness is LGBT youth um, which is usually people that have been kicked out of their homes or abandoned by family which I'm not entirely surprised it's why there's been a rise of uh, GRSVP um, charities dealing with homelessness um, including the Na and Naz and Matt Foundation I think they're doing some stuff along the lines of that as well so that families can stay together rather than having to kick someone out or feel they need to um, it's a good foundation really like those guys um, it's a really good group so yeah um, there's also the AKT Foundation which I believe is the oh god I forgot his surname but he's called Albert who is named after that's a good foundation too I did some fundraising for them a few years ago they were good um, I uh, think I know who you mean I think they have something in Manchester um, yeah, Albert Kennedy yeah. that's the one um, that's the Albert people, Kennedy Trust like, like 18 to 25 year olds I think they support it's yeah. young people yeah yeah, um, they they have been known to reach out to people that are younger that have been on the streets just so that they can get them home quicker. Um, but yeah, they typically work with 18 to 25 year olds. Um, Albert Kennedy Trust, they now go by AKT. Uh, they have bases in London and Manchester and I believe also Birmingham, uh, mainly because they're the places that there's quite a lot of uh, GRSVP youth out on the streets, which is extremely upsetting especially considering how much of a GRSVP presence there is in Manchester it really, yeah, really scares me yeah, yeah I mean it's like we have our flex palace where we have a gay pride shop yeah. and um, when we met in, about the time we went there we bought the, the flags and stuff um, one thing I learned about them after that was that all their profits get divided between three charities including mermaids which yes. is a charity that supports trans Correct. Um, the, it's it's a great place. Um, there's quite a lot of uh, the gay quarter, the gay village in Manchester is massive in comparison to what we have in Leeds. In Leeds, we have like two streets that are a crossroads. Um, so yeah, it's quite large in Manchester. So finding out that there's quite a lot of um, homeless youth there is upsetting. But it knowing that they are trying um, to get them off the streets is good um, which is it's why it's upsetting considering how many people who are not LGBT go to the village spotting gay people which disgusts me to be honest oh it's horrible it is ridiculous they do it the same in Leeds like we'll go out on a night um, we'll be in the gay quarter and if it wasn't for, um, I think they're called Angels of Freedom um, and the regular security that's already there, a lot of shit would have kicked off. Like, we've we've had it where people have been followed out of the gay quarter, away from the security, and then been beaten up. Um, it's, it's not uncommon and it really fucks me off when people just walk in, but yeah, there's, that's that. Um, so we should move on. Um, personal experiences with mental health. How, how do you want to handle this one? How do you want to go about it? What was I saying? 
my personal experiences are quite mixed um and i will i will hold my hands up to this and say some of it is down to my own attitude towards the people i was dealing with because i've been given a lot of misconceptions from that were close to me um and some of it was down to the people running the services just generally being missing from them being well for lack of a better word let's just say assholes uh, <laughs> there was um but i'd say that the good experiences i've had have been good but i came from a family where mental health issues you were encouraged just to live with them, not to seek help for them, to brush them under the carpet. Uh, that was amazing to get off of that. I he wasn't particularly the most friendly in that it's a cat's head as well. And rent to me growing up, aggression problem. My family was a bit aggression problem. The moment I realised I was trans to express that side of myself, that went away. I stopped feeling like I had this massive important secret that I had to defend. And I was able to just let my guard um, I think that's important is that being able to come out isn't just about living and being safe. If you don't know a person's mental health, with those that know who you are fully, you're not on guard, you're relaxed. You're not always looking over your shoulder. Should I have said that? They got this big secret out of mine. And it's this whole other thing. I have come across people when I was trying to help with my transition where they tried to tell me that bisexuality didn't genderism didn't exist uh, and one guy he was blocking me even turned around to me and said all right doesn't that bother? what's that got to do with me being trans and that really, really irritated me because it's like in a way because it's like i've come here for help feel that i may have gender dysphoria i want to be referred to it or that i may never be able to get married why does that matter <laughs> yeah married it doesn't matter to me all right you know, a lot of people that want to get married, they want me to be a part of their wedding when they get married. Fair play, it makes you happy. But you have a relationship with somebody, you've got to be part. It's not just about person in terms of around them as well. Mental health, my family members who are mentally ill, they're mental health too because I have to take that into account. And that's what people don't understand. When you push one thing, it's like me being able to come out to my parents that was back at home again i was able to family again for years and that effects. but then to be afraid of coming out to their family they shouldn't have to work but if mental health support or going to strawman them like that guy you know you're never able to get married oh, it's not ideal, but you know it's better than what a lot of places. So I still get married if I wanted to, because we have DRCs in this country, and we had DRCs back when I saw this guy. So his question was completely irrelevant, and too many people seem to think that they're on some God-given crusade to save us from ourselves, and it's arrogant. It's arrogance. And came across one such person, and I got lucky. But I've heard some horror stories. <laughs> Been that look, haven't it? And that's the same thing that my dad would tell you about me if you ever met my dad. If you asked him to describe me, he would say, I don't know when to quit. <laughs> you know, Which is true. I don't know. know. No, no, it's very correct. You really don't know when to quit. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of fired back at him, at this therapist. And I turned around to him and I said, You should be so fragile, piece of paper, to know that it's real. Then you're probably not in a really strong relationship. You shouldn't be together. And he, uh, don't he see? <laughs> 
<laughs> uncross these lasers and cross them again the other way and hit for the rest of the session. <laughs> and I know it was childish, but I was fucking proud of that. <laughs> um, I think one of my experiences was probably when I was still in high school, I was seeing quite a few different therapists. Um, and basically, when I was going to see my therapist, I was being taken out of school hours, so say like just after lunch i'd go see my therapist and then i'd come back into the middle of like one of my left one of my lessons and i was going to see them because i have a form of ptsd i've got ocd anxiety depression um i am a form of fucked up <laughs> and one of the things that really annoyed me was one time someone asked where I was and my teacher decided to out that I was going to therapy and called me a lesbo uh, because at the time I wasn't out as trans um, but I was sort of out as being gay but not it wasn't to everyone it was just me, a friend or two, and that was about it. And the teacher decided to out me for not only my counselling, but also my sexuality, and after that, my year 11 became fucking hell. Um, my mental health went off the fucking pike, um, lost quite a few friends. Um, further lost friends when my mental health went to shit um, just as I realised I was trans the following year and came out and everybody abandoned me it was like fantastic but yeah it was, um, it was shit and the thing is, is that it wasn't her responsibility to tell people that I was at counselling she literally should have just said that she, I'm not there right now um, she certainly shouldn't have been spouting homophobic remarks in the middle of a classroom um, and it's unfortunate because that teacher is still at the school that I went to so no further comments on that one but honest to god if she does not done it a good three years of my life wouldn't have been entirely ruined um, maybe I would have survived a bit better, but I don't know. It it wasn't great. It was pretty shit, but you get on with it. I I luckily got on with it. Um, I will admit I am in the forty-seven percent percentage of trans people attempting suicide, um, but I'm also in the higher percentage of the per the people that have tried on multiple occasions, because fuck me. Um, so I've I've had my fair share. Um, I've had quite a few problems. I've done quite a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have done. I've got a lot of fucking scarring now, thanks myself. Um, but yeah, it's all 
part of it and um, you do get through it, it can be extremely fucking bleak sometimes. But there are people that you can go to. So I went to a charity called Mind in the UK. Um, Childline are also weirdly usable now. They're alright. They're not great in the media. I will definitely put that out there. Um, but the actual people themselves, they can be helpful. Um, and always remember, although there may be some really homophobic twats at your school, um, including teachers, you should still be able to access counselling via school if you are still at school. Um, and if you're at a place of employment, they should also have a workplace employee counselling uh, portal, or at least most places do now, just so that they can keep tabs. Um, it's usually quite useful. So, yeah, it's it's horrible, and it can be horrible, but there are people there. Um, there's people here, like I'm here, Dan's here. Um, we've got people here if you need to talk. There's, you can literally just message us, it's fine. But yeah, I think that's all for this episode. Um, it's gotten a bit dull at the end, I'm sorry about that one. Um, but it's time for us to go and have a nap. It is like 3pm for us right now because we're pre-recording, being good people, doing things proactively right down. I try to be proactive, I don't always manage it. Yeah, neither. <laughs> this is literally the first time that we've been able to pre-record Rainbow Wrath, like, otherwise it gets done on a Saturday night, the day before it's supposed to get released. This is like two weeks in advance, this is fucking good. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, don't so get you to it guys don't get used yeah don't get used to it these are longer episodes as well also don't get used to that because at some point there'll be a five minute episode of me just screaming um i will make sure to put a headphone warning on the front but that's it uh that's the episode i hope you enjoyed the episode i hope you enjoy your stay at the rainbow raft have a lovely day everyone say bye dan bye bye bye